And welcome back to Chronicles of Power, a podcast dedicated to the world of power where I review and break down the latest episode in the Powerverse. We are brought to you by Private Listen, your source for all things music, sports, culture, and entertainment. Follow the new page at Chronicles of Power on Instagram. You can find us on YouTube at PVTLSTD. My name is Kimi and I'll be your guide as we break down the third season of Raising Canaan. But today we'll take a halt from our normal review and recap because today we have a special guest in the building. If it just turns out that she's also a Swifty and she likes Gucci Mane. Her name is Shanley Burke. <laughs> Shanley, who plays Shannon Burke, is here with us today. Say hi to the people. Hi, people. <laughs> she has been repping East Atlanta Santa for the past 10 minutes and along with Taylor Swift. So I'm super duper excited. And unfortunately... Big, big, big spoiler alert. If you haven't watched the first two episodes of Raising Canaan, please turn back now because Shanley, unfortunately, nice. is no longer with us. <laughs> murdered. <laughs> she was murdered, brutally murdered in her murdered. car at 2 a.m. in the morning. And then, in order to prove it to us, they had brain splatter or brain, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. brain, brain matter. Brain, brain matter, matter everywhere, which was uh, banana, hilariously. Okay. It was banana? banana. It's banana. Look at that. We're learning inside the movie (laughs) tricks. Okay. So if you don't know Shanley from Raising Caning, to which I don't know how you ended up here, I can give you some background of some of the things that Shanley has done. So Shanley has been in my favorite, (laughs) iCarly. She was also in Zoe 101, (laughs) right? Uh Now, and I I know Bones, but what are some Mm -hmm. of the other things that I'm missing? I think I was on NCIS New Orleans for a while, um, down down in New Orleans. Um, The Conjuring was another movie that I think people know about. Um, And then a few things here and there that, 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 that are, are random. Okay. So how'd you start out? This is normally how we do this. Like, Mm -hmm. what made you start acting? I know that that's a boring question, but... How'd you start? Like most people, they, whether they're interning or they were a child actress or whatever it was, how did you get your start in acting? Yeah, I don't think that's a boring question at all. Everyone has such a, a unique story. way to get yeah. here, right? Well, I, I started acting in like regional theater in Florida, Ooh. in my hometown with my with my dad, who's also um, a great actor. Um, and then I, I got a manager through some friends and then I went out to L.A. for a summer when I was 15. And then I was like, I like booked Zoe 101. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, maybe I can do this. And so then I just ended up staying for forever until until uh, now. I'm still doing it, shockingly. <laughs> Wait, so when, when you say you're still doing it, so you left from From Florida, Florida? To, to L.A. Florida when to I was LA. 15. I, we were out there for, for six months, Okay, my mom and I. Um, staying in like a room that we rented from some friends. Mm-hmm. Um and going to like commercial auditions, I got you know a couple jobs here and there enough to get me my SAG card. And then the writer strike happened in t- two thousand seven. The, fir- the, the one, first one, yeah, the, for, well, the, the one, one that's yeah. most, most recent, recent in our memory, one, besides yeah. this one, besides that. this, yeah, <laughs> right? it's devastating. Um, but that one happened, so I went back home to Florida to do my sophomore year of high school. Then went back out to LA, uh, and then was auditioning still. And my mom said, "Okay, I'm going to leave you out here. You're on your own now." And so rented a bed from these family friends I was staying with, enrolled in like a community college to do night classes and got my GED because it was easier to work as an 18 year old. Mm-hmm. Um, 
on sets, you were more likely to get hired that way. Okay. And so just went straight into college at 16 and then eventually transferred to UCLA when I was 18, 19. Wait, what? Yeah. So you, you did your GED and then you just I went said, to... I said, let's just try out community college. <laughs> but it was easier to take classes because I would audition during the day or be working and shooting something during the day and then would go to my classes at night. Mm-hmm. And they would also have weekend classes too for people who were working full time. And so I got my like associates that way. Right. Um, and then just transferred to UCLA and studied anthropology actually, which was weird, but why, I enjoyed it. Why was that weird? I think it just wasn't, it wasn't theater. You know, I was, I was acting like almost full time, mm-hmm. auditioning full time at least. And um, I wanted to do something that wasn't, involved in theater or, or TV and film because I was doing that. I wanted to learn about the world. And so I, I chose it because I thought it was interesting. But it's so far. I've Have I ever used my anthropology degree? I don't know. Maybe. As Maybe actor. you have. <laughs> I don't know. We, we'll, we'll, we'll try to dig at it and see, you know, let's see in what character were you able to, to use bring in anthropology. my anthropology degree. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it may be in every character because right. you're, yeah. you're learning about someone's background and and where they come from and yes, how to bring them and in. piecing things mm-hmm. together, trying to figure out why a person would do that. What yeah. is the character motivation? Maybe I do use it more than I think. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. Always finding a way to connect it. So, well, since you always did acting in, uh, and you started so early, did you develop that passion immediately? Or was it something that you had from even before you left Florida? I think when I first, I was really shy as a kid, and I think doing theater was a way to kind of break me out of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was something that I think I fell in love with working with my dad in shows and being part of a collaborative experience where you're all working on something together, I think, was something that I fell in love with. And then the TV and film just ended up being fun. I was was working on the shows that I was watching, and so that was like a dream come true to me. and so I think the passion developed from there and eventually it it formed into this like, you know, the more artistic side of being an actor and connecting with other people and and, and diving into a character and, and all the, you know, artsy fartsy stuff that you kind of think of an actor, uh, what an actor falls in love with. But originally it was just, I, I never really thought I'd have a career as an actor. I, I, I still, to this day... I'm like any day now. It's gonna it's gonna be the last job. They're gonna day take now, it all away. He's gonna from take me. it all away from me. But I think a lot of actors kind of think that way, especially people who have been doing it a long time. The feast and famine of it all is not unfamiliar to anyone. So um, early on, it was just kind of like, how long can I stay out here for? <laughs> when can I book the next job? And if I don't book the next job, I'll head home. And then it just kept. I was lucky enough that it kept coming. Did you? In it. So what about like when your mom left you there? And I mean, so it sounds so brutal, right? But like you enrolled in school. It's not like she left you with nothing to do. Like you mm. enrolled in school. You were still working at the time. But how old were you when she left? Uh, 16. 16, yeah. See, that's white people stuff. She left you, <laughs> she left you at 16. Well, she left me with a family that we were oh, very right, close right, right. with. Oh, right, right, right. So you yeah. see, no, I'm, I'm just yeah. kidding, guys. I'm just, it sounds like I'm she just, just said bye and drove back <laughs> no, to Florida. That's how you explained it. So I'm like, what? It sounds so brutal. And then you was like, she, I, rented a be- I rented a bed. Yeah, what? yeah. Well, it was like a house with a bunch of kid actors who were all doing the same thing. They would like, 
you know, pay for a bed. And it was a wonderful family that was very that was hosting you guys. That was hosting all okay. of us. And no, um, I get it. I'm yeah. completely destroyed. No, no, I know, I know, I know. Right. Like, mom, if you're listening, I love you. Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> Thank you for having faith in me. Thank so you for I wouldn't while I was out there. It was kind of crazy though. She even said that like it was so crazy that they just let me do that as as a kid as a kid. Yeah. But, um, I'm so thankful that they did. Yeah, because this way you were able to build your resume up. Mm-hmm. Was it hard for you to transition from being a child actor? Because, I mean, you started in your teens, mm-hmm. but considering that you started as a teenager, when you start to get more mature roles, yeah. is that hard to break out of doing something that's a little bit more kid-friendly? I think it's always really hard to be redefine yourself in the eyes of the industry mm-hmm. because you may think that you're ready for something more mature but then the people who are casting the people who are writing it still think of you as a kid right um i think this is honestly the first show that i've done that is where i'm not playing a daughter or the girl next door um i mean you you are still playing a daughter i'm still playing a daughter yes yes, yes yes but i think my role in the show is only to be the daughter for another somebody who's like the lead of the show mm-hmm. i was just so I've I've always played these like really girl next door sweet, the heart of the show, and so this was the first one that I did that broke me out of that, and it was nerve wracking because I didn't know how people if people would be able to see me as anything else, at least industry people. But um, hopefully, hopefully it worked. I I think it worked. I think you're pretty believable as Shannon, especially because I mean I've seen you in kitty shows, and I was like I can't believe that this lady is. Like she's grown now mm-hmm. and they put the big trench coat on you and the <laughs> the big pleats in the front oh of your God. pants oh and my the big God. block heels. And I was like, oh, they want to make her look like a grown-up. A grown-up. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. You watch episode one of season one and um, they had my hair down and we shot that first episode before the pandemic. And okay. so then there was like eight months of a break between episode one and episode two. And so uh, during that time, everyone's watching the episode and Sasha calls me. He's like, I think we're going to pull your hair back. I'm like, I think that's a really good idea because (laughs) I look like a doll and the oversized clothing of the 90s. I just looked like I was drowning in it. And I was like, I would like her to look a little bit more authoritative. We didn't do a camera test, which we were supposed to, but the timing didn't work out. And Uh you usually do before you see how the costumes fit on camera with with your partner and um, with other characters. But we didn't do it. And. So it just was that way. <laughs> when you say partner, you mean like your scene partner? Yeah, scene partner is okay. any, anyone who you'll be working with to see how the colors work together, to mm-hmm. see how um, certain fabrics like work on camera together. Some of them, you might get them next to each other be like, oh, this fabric that we're thinking for Omar, putting it on Shanley as well is not going to work because that's too much of the same thing. So we just didn't have that. So we didn't test the hair. And so when I saw it, I was like, I look like... A doll. You look like a baby. <laughs> you look a like, baby. But they, but they, they did a good job. Oh, they did a great they job. Did. So, in addition to um, checking the fabrics, and shout out to uh, Segay. Oh yes, yes, I love her. She She's came my... on second season. I think she oh. wasn't in the first one. No, we had somebody from I think the original Power. I forget. I forget who. That's bad. That I Frank Fleming. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. Okay. So. In addition to things like that, what else do they do to prepare you for the role? Like, you're coming in, like we said, you're transitioning now, right? And you're not just playing a girl that lives in California is working on a webcast, mm-hmm. right? Or <laughs> a webcast show or on Zoe 101. Now you have to have a New York accent. 
now you have to walk a different way, have a different swagger about yourself. Mm -hmm. Was there anything that they did to prepare you for playing Shannon or was this all internal for you? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we had dialect coaches. We had um, a guy on set named Jimmy who was our our detective liaison who would tell us how to stand, how to hold our hands, how to arrest somebody, how to hold a gun. We did gun training, Mm -hmm. um, all of that, uh, which the gun training was hard because it was all revolvers for the cops back then. And so we had to learn how to reload them, and right. which was, it was very hard, and I did not do eloquently, but luckily I never really had to shoot. I only had one scene, I think, in the whole, sh- one, one scene in the whole show where I had to pull out my gun, and um, yeah, so, so but even just having the authority, I think having the heels helps because it makes me feel taller, mm-hmm. and having the authority to play a detective who's been doing this for a while was something that I had to work on myself, but all the other stuff that they had all the um, resources that they had to help me with that was was really nice. So, but you've played in other crime shows before because you said NCIS. Yeah. And what was the other one? We did Bones. And- oh, NCIS New Orleans, yeah. Well, I, I, I've I never played a law enforcement agent on those shows. I was always the, like... Um, the damsel in distress? Damsel in distress or the da- daughter of a law enforcement agent oh. who comes in and makes them feel human and, um, and like, not, not so much like a... A robot. Um, oh, you're the plot device. The plot device, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so this was the first time that I ever played a law enforcement officer, and I was honestly shocked when I was booked for it because I don't think that I have much authority <laughs> in personally as Shanley. And so when they cast me, I was like, are you sure? You think I can be a detective? That's crazy. <laughs> but they, they, had, they had the right thing in mind, right, because they knew what type of detective yes. they were looking for. They were looking for someone who was overzealous, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. wanted to get to the bottom of something. Yep. And was trying her best to help. Like, she thought, mm-hmm. literally, like, hey, something is wrong here. Yeah. And right? I also think she was so green and so new. And I think one of the reasons why I, I heard that they liked my audition was because everyone else had kind of come in and played it with this, playing the hard-ass cop. Um. And I came in playing her with, like, not knowing what the heck she's doing. And... There was something in that where the green and the vulnerability came through. And I don't know if that was just me personally not not really knowing how to play a cop or if that was, I don't know, some something I chose. <laughs> it might have been a little bit of both. But um, uh, I, I think that that vulnerability is something that Shannon had in, in the first season that... Um, that I thought was that I thought interesting and that other people maybe maybe didn't see. I think if they couldn't see it, then they they're not watching the right show, right? Because one of the things that I noticed about Shannon's character, and they gave they gave this poor character they gave you so much grief. I know. <laughs> Just like guys, please keep in mind mm-hmm. she's a cop. <laughs> she's a, I remember she's, she's doing a cop. Job. She's doing her job, right? But. She had a lot of layers mm-hmm. and, and I used to be like, okay, well she, and the I, something that power always does. I'm sorry if I like cut off from my initial thoughts, something that power always does is you start to find out more about the person and you start to feel more empathy t- for them mm-hmm. once you find out that they're about like when they're about to die. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So like, for instance, when you tell, uh, Captain Baptiste that 
my mom wasn't really the mess up here. She mm-hmm. had to deal with my dad, and mm-hmm. that was the problem. I was like, why didn't they tell us this before? This could have gave us so much more insight into why she's doing this. I know, this. I know. And so into so the background of it, and I think originally the storyline for Shannon was supposed to be very different than how it turned out. Ooh. And so... Um, they... That was actually my next question. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> originally, I think... Shannon and Jukebox were supposed to have more of a relationship, like a romantic relationship. Uh-huh. And I think that she was supposed to be the one who led Jukebox into maybe the cop world. That's what I thought was coming. Yeah. I think everyone did. But I think after the first season... So I think, yeah, totally. I, I think in every other show, but I think in this show, you're you're rooting for the Thomas family to like succeed. You love them, and and um, you don't you don't want to root for the person who's just right to, for the pursuit of justice. You know that's not interesting in any way. I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch that show. Um, so, so I think that that's 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 yeah. Ultimately, why there always has to be somebody who's pursuing. There always has to be a law enforcement person that's pursuing. Would you liken, uh, is Shannon more like, (laughs) wait, did you watch the other powers? I watched the original one. Yeah. Oh, okay. So then you'll know who I'm talking about right now. Is Shannon more like Sax or is she like Donovan? (sighs) Sax had a little bit more, I think, grit to him. Mm. Like, I think he had more tact. And I th- Sax? I mean, he 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 played a little bit more of the game, no? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, maybe. So I don't know, or maybe I'm just not remembering correctly. But I don't know. I, I maybe maybe Sax, but Donovan Donovan seemed to me like he was a little bit more straight a straight shooter. Very much so. Yeah. And but he was in pursuit of the truth too. Yeah. Right. Um. So like I can find similarities between both of them mm-hmm. with you, but. I just think that maybe if I had to do it, uh, if I had to say who, I would think more so along the lines of Donovan because he wouldn't do anything illegal Mm -hmm. to get to the end of the end, to get to the end goal, right? Whereas Sachs will plant evidence. Yes, I agree. And I don't think that Shannon Shannon would do that. that. And then then, uh, 
she wants the answers, but she wants other people to know that she was telling the truth all along mm-hmm. too. And I, I, it's kind of heartbreaking to see all of that she's going through, especially when they bring the IA, the IAP. It was oh the yeah, IAP. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Am the I saying the right investigation? Yeah, but they, so in real life, it's called something else now than when it's called than what it was called back then. So mm-hmm. I think I may be messing up the acronym a little bit here, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Um, <laughs> But when they brought in the internal investigations for Shannon's, for your character, Shannon, I was like, wait, they're trying to make it seem as though she's, uh, so they're saying something without saying it, guys. They're trying to say that she's a child molester. And this was like a huge trope back in that time for anyone that was, that had a different sexuality than what everyone was used to. And I was like, I'm so glad that they picked up on that. Mm. I was like, yo, do people see what they're doing? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, I was like, oh, okay, I see what they're trying to do here. Because at that point, I was like, wait, are they going to kill her? Or are they going to make her continue to go down this line yeah. just to make her quit or possibly do something to herself? But, you know, by the end of the episode, we get the answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if you had to, so before I keep going on my own tangent, what parts of yourself were you able to see in Shannon? I think there's a lot that was so unfamiliar to me, but she is very stubborn and I am very stubborn. So <laughs> that was what I, I, I could see in Shannon. But as for everything else, like her authority, I, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't see that, but it's something that I felt like I took from her, which is kind of nice that if you have that experience of playing someone, you can take something away from experiencing that. And I think that's what I took from from her. <laughs> Do you think that she exhibited a lot of authority though? Because sometimes I kind of felt like they they pushed over on her a lot. Oh, they did. Yeah. Oh, totally. I think I think I think I mean authority in the way that she can walk into the room and she didn't really have much respect, but her the ability to like arrest someone and have some of the conversations that she did have, like that she interrogated people, um that's something that I I think showed a little bit of her authority, but yeah, nobody respected her really. Um, but, but just having, holding herself as a detective and as a cop, I think that's something that I, the strength from that, I think I took away from. from that. So some of the other tropes that are very apparent within your character or your character arc would be a lot of the misogyny that mm. we saw yeah. in the police department. Uh, yes. <laughs> not, not new. It's not new. Um, the detective that worked on set with you guys, mm-hmm. did he give any background to what it would be like for a woman in 1991 working in the NYPD? Yeah, a little bit. Um, he said that they were the toughest people he's ever met. Because they they had they had to be, mm-hmm. um, and so I think I took that and tried to use that with Shannon. But Shannon's still she was such a sheep's and wolf sheep and wolf's clothing that first season. Mm-hmm. So you, she's just trying to project. I am strong. I can do this. I am. You respect me, please. But like nobody's people see past that. You know, is she trying to? Well, do you think that she was trying to? prove it to herself or to her father or totally totally i mean in season one that she has a conversation with jukebox that says she never wanted this to become a cop she she did it because it was her brother's dream and her brother committed suicide and so 
she felt the do- the uh, oh the, my gosh yeah. I forgot that the brother I know I almost forgot about that too <laughs> I remembered I it like forgot. two weeks ago <laughs> I was like that was really dark um yeah but it, it also gives her I think it gives her like a sense of of duty that she has to complete and um that is also something that when when she's playing playing this role you see her trying just so hard. I think back in the day, these cops that maybe seemed so tough, they might have not been that tough on the inside, just like Shannon was not very tough on the inside. And um, they were just projecting that toughness. Uh, but, I, but I don't really know. Um, but I do know that he said that they, they were some of the toughest people that he's, he's worked with and, and knew. Do you think that a lot of the barriers that your character face, I mean, this is kind of a simple answer, but... I- Hopefully we're able to get some meat and potatoes out of it. But do you think that a lot of the barriers that your character faced was rooted in sexism or was it just playing the blue coat of ethics? You know, that whole blue wall thing. Mm-hmm. So is it sexism that was the problem? Was it the blue code mm-hmm. where it's like a bro code or was it a mixture of both? I mean, we see we see her struggle with the nepotism part of it, I think, in the show, okay. more than she struggles really with the sexism part of mm-hmm. it in the show. Um, it's more something that I think is unsaid on, on in Raising Canaan. Um, so I don't know. It's probably a mixture of both, mm-hmm. a little bit of both, being a part of trying to get into the boys' club at the time and making people respect her um, is definitely a part of, I think, why she doubles down on her efforts to, like, prove herself. Huh. So I never thought of her as trying to get into the boys club, but maybe maybe it is a way of her trying to get into the boys club just by joining the police force in mm-hmm. general. Right. Because when I look at her, I thought that she was a loner. Mm-hmm. Do you what do you think that Shannon is a loner or was that just something that happened by force because of her circumstance, because of her love interests, because of her failed or tumultuous relationship with her dad Mm -hmm. and losing her brother god i forgot that the brother committed suicide yeah so i think she's a loner from all of her circumstances like her sexuality her um her not really quite fitting in i don't and i don't necessarily think that she wants to be a part of the boys club i think she wants to be respected Mm. along with everyone else and um i don't think she needs to be a part of anything but uh yeah did that no, I, I think so. I think that that answers it because sometimes I, I, after watching Bert be killed, I'm like, what could she have done differently? Mm-hmm. And I think the only thing that she could have done differently was to be born a boy. Mm. If she entered the force as a man, that would have been the only thing that would have given her more agency mm-hmm. that would have been able to advocate for her in ways that a woman could not do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that people would have listened to her more because I think if Howard, if the roles were reversed and Howard were to come to Captain Baptiste Mm -hmm. and tell him about his concerns over Burke, if the same thing was happening, I think that he would be heard, at least heard, Mm -hmm. right? Not whether or not they took action, Mm -hmm. right? They would at least listen. Every time you were on screen, I felt like I always saw someone doing this to you, mm-hmm. stopping you. Totally. Mid, mid-sentence. Totally. Whether it be 
Caden, mm-hmm. Baptiste, mm-hmm. Howard, whoever you were in the scene, even Sam, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> even yeah. Sam. <laughs> hey, yo, Dumbo. Dumbo. I love that line Kodumbo. so much. Yeah, it's that so was a good funny. one, right? But I always feel like they're always stopping you mm-hmm. from speaking. That was one of the reasons why I asked the sexism question because I'm like, they only do that to women. Yeah, and I think when I when I was doing it, I, I first read it as... Um, a newbie thing okay but i totally do think that there's there's a part of it that uh had to that was sexist like it was just the world that they lived in at the time and even though we didn't it wasn't it it was something that she experienced i i kind of took it as that she was the rookie and the nep she was hired because she was um she was the the daughter of a legacy cop um Mm -hmm. But also, yeah, at the time, I totally think you're right. And it makes her, her story and her ending so much more sad that it, that was tragic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. This is probably one of my last questions about Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> what, what the hell was she thinking to go meet with Howard at 2 a.m. in the morning <sighs> with a tape recorder in her pocket? You shoulder pads and just... <laughs> my shoulder <laughs> I'm gonna get you something. <laughs> I'm smarter than you. I mean, we we talked about this a little bit. I think she's a little naive and she's not very tactful and she's not very smart. Like she's just not a part of this world. And I think she goes there out of desperation and saying, I don't have anything else that I can do at this point. I need to get him on tape. That's that that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Um the fact that she doesn't see like and also I don't think we've talked we talked about it. I don't think that um, Howard is going there to k- kill Shannon. Yeah, I don't think his, uh, but he still has his gun with him. I yes, don't. Think I think he that, always probably does. Yeah, I don't think that his intention initially to go there was like, oh, I'm gonna go kill this mm-hmm, girl. Mm-hmm. I think he wanted to know more of what she knew mm-hmm. because, which leads me to my next question: Do you think that this was Kanan's first? big ploy of manipulation mm. whereas he he plants the seed and mm-hmm. like hey so what are you gonna do about that yeah maybe <laughs> i mean i think that this season specifically i think you have kanan becoming a little bit more of the puppet master that that rock used to be and you see a little bit of that i think in season one and season two but this season he becomes way more of the of the wolf and and yeah totally totally but i think it makes that scene more interesting is howard is going to see what shannon knows and he doesn't make the decision until she says you had Sam killed because that's the first that is the first offense that is punishable by law. All the other things lies like and, and statute of limitations limits it for him to get in trouble with anyway. But I think that line is what makes him that's make what choice. puts him over the edge. And yeah. Like oh god, maybe they can connect that back to yeah. me, right? Okay, so we'll do a little bit of fun. Okay, right? because you told me that you did watch the initial power. Yes, so you don't watch any of the other spinoffs. <laughs> Look at that, Gianni. <laughs> oh no, oh, no, 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 no! You don't no. want that smoke. Okay. No, you don't I, want that I don't. Smoke. I don't, don't want, want it. Okay, so we'll do a little fun game. It's called this or that. So we're gonna assemble a power team, right? Mm-hmm. So we can do a mix of villains and law enforcement, and so you can pick either one. So we'll do Howard or Donovan. Uh, Howard, yeah. Oh, yeah, Howard, for sure. The person that kills you. We're going to yeah, put him sure. on the team. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sandoval, you remember who Sandoval yeah, is, yeah, yeah. right? So Sandoval or Captain Baptiste? 
Oh, Sandoval. Sandoval. Yeah, Sandoval. Sandoval was intense. <laughs> First of all, you know who else you're like? Greg. Remember Greg? Greg. Yeah. <gasps> I loved Greg. I am you like Greg. Greg. I was Greg. I know them all. Uh, she, oh my gosh. Yeah, he, he. You were Greg. You know what? It was Greg that made me, because when I watched the first power, I was like, oh, Shannon's going to die in season three. Like, for she is not long for it because she's going to be Greg. And and so, yeah, that's why I was like, I was waiting timeline. for you to put it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was waiting. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. We have, so far, we have Howard Sandoval. <laughs> I forgot to put Greg on this list. Okay. <laughs> Rock or Monet? Rock. Yay. Rock. Okay. Blanca or Burke? Oh, my gosh. Blanca was hard ass. Mm, maybe maybe Blanca, but, but I gotta say Burke. It's me. I want to be on the team. Okay, you want to be on the team? Good, we go. Good. We need a white hat there. <laughs> okay, Tommy or Ghost? Tommy. Ha! Why you say Tommy? Irish Irish American. I gotta have one. I gotta have an Irish American on. on oh, there, there we go. She rapping for the whole team, guys. <laughs> okay, and the six man. Let's see. All right, Two Bit or Gennard? Gennard is from Force. From Force, yeah. Um. Two bit, I like two bit, in the first one. Whatever happened to like? I know he's not in your world. Yeah, right? but they keep begging for this guy to come back on these shows, and he is not there people, at all. People love love some of these characters, man, and they 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 want him to stay around forever, and yeah, I love they, that. They do. They they kind of like they kicked you to the curb, though. I'm sorry. That's fine. It's fine. She had to go. She she had to go. It was her all time. Right. All right, it was her time, <laughs> and we we enjoyed your time. On oh, the thank show. you. I, I my favorite scene partner that you had was Sam. I love oh. the scenes that you guys had together. I mean, Tyson's so, so good. Yes, and he's so dedicated, and it's so it was like when you get to work with an actor like Tyson who's just fully committed. It's it makes your job so much easier. It was so fun. So special shout out to Tyson Hall. He was mm-hmm. actually my very, very first in-studio guest. Oh, <laughs> I love him. I love I that. love him. He's so great. And um, I think what I want to know from you now is after Shannon, after Burke is gone, what's up for Shanley? I mean, now that the strike's over, it's just reading stuff and figuring out what, what I want to do next. Like, it's been kind of a crazy journey with the pandemic and being alone shooting the show for the first two seasons, kind of isolated because of COVID restrictions. It was a lot. And so taking the time to figure out what I want to actually do next and dedicate my time to. So being a little patient and picky <laughs> at the moment. I, I like that. <laughs> so thank you so much. Thank you. This was fun. I, I love this. I like your outlook on all of this. I hope I didn't dig too deep and make you think about things that weren't really there. No, no, not at all. I mean, what can I do about it now? It's over. But it's made me, you know, it did It did make me, you know, think about some stuff. And I think that that's a good interviewer. Oh, well, thank Because it you, means darling. we're very astute you, watching the show. Well, all your now. recaps are very so, astute, too. I always like listening to them. Cause... Thank you so much. So don't forget that Shanley loves Gucci Mane. She's also... <laughs> She's also a Swifty, and that means that she's she's bumping the full spectrum of music out here. We were talking about her Spotify rap it's list, so and we said we can never ever post it because of no. all of the goodies that's on. So there. revealing! Like, <laughs> it's so revealing. It's way way too personal. <laughs> no one can see it. <laughs> well, Shanley, it has been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. Oh, of course. Thanks for having me. Alrighty.